0: So guys, I have some big news. Are you, are you guys prepared? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, recently I have taken one level in cleric in real life. <laughs> You've taken the oath? Uh I have taken the oath of the cloth. Um recently my my friend asked me, he is getting married and he wants me to do the wedding ceremony. So I got ordained. Um, and I'm now technically uh, an ordained minister, which means I'm a level one cleric, which means I can cast <laughs> healing spells. Um, I've tried them. They're not as effective as I hoped. But, um, yeah, anyone who needs an ordained minister to, to do anything, uh, I'm, I'm here for you.
1: Wait, so are we to believe that anyone at any time can get online and... Take one level, a multi-class, and a cleric? Or, or any... <laughs> I'm thinking if I sign up for a gym, does that mean I'm like one level in fighter or barbarian?
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't say barbarian, I'd say fighter. I take piano I'd say, lessons, I'm one level yeah. in Bard. Okay. Now we're getting a little silly. <laughs> I take karate, I, mean, I have one level in uh monk. monk. In monk. That's so okay, I takes. think we're I think we're discounting the okay, wait, buy-in so, so what gives am, you what gives you I'll the explain, right... David. I David, I am a level two player. Uh, I now have one level What's in your playwright. first level in? Oh, it's obviously in Warlock um, I, I pledged I did a deal with the devil um, I think I could have I could have fought out for like a, a better deal but, you know it worked It was, it was just $100 for, for my soul <laughs> Wow, um, the devil got ripped off He
1: got off. a he,
2: <laughs> 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 I think Jake just got what, a handle of Jack
1: <laughs> That's like $60 That's even less than 100 I know <laughs> <laughs> so really know, got like, to- i was young
0: i was young but a lot of warlocks start young um but then i decided to get ordained and to start to change turn my life around and now i am a full-fledged uh one level in cleric
1: can you turn so. undead oh yes oh yes
0: i haven't tried yeah. yet but i assume i'm i, I could <laughs> so what would but i'm ready
2: what would give you one level in druid oh just camping a lot oh <laughs> Just rock climbing. Oh no, going Being to a general man. granola. Oh, yeah, going to <laughs> what would what would give you a level in sorcerer?
1: Oh, um, oh, like no. a really raunchy Halloween party.
2: Oh. no that's
1: probably that's more warlock more than that's sword. more warlock um reading all the harry potter books
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's wizard bro yeah that would be more wizard mm-hmm. sorcerer, wizard harry. i feel like
0: you, I sorcerer i feel like you'd have to be in central city and you have to be messing with chemicals and you have to be struck by lightning wait a minute um, that's, uh, that sounds a lot uh, like the flash the flash
1: <laughs> wait can we did we just open up a big can of worms here yes are sorcerers just x-men kind of yeah Ooh, they're just mutants yeah. Ooh. oh yeah oh yeah all right it's going in the fan fiction i don't yeah. i don't think it's a hot take i think it's a, a,
0: that's, a lukewarm take i think take. that's
2: pretty common oh it's a lukewarm take
1: yeah
0: well okay so so what level if you guys each i imagine you know i'm level two obviously with warlock and cleric but uh, i assume you guys are level one uh what What's level the, is that
1: wait how do we get levels is it just by your age uh,
0: Oh, I'm just assuming that uh, you guys are at least level one. Well, so I that, don't, I don't want to assume you guys are level zero. So
1: I, uh, I think that every ten years you get a uh, level up automatically. And um, you level down oh,
2: once in, in one class oh, that you already have.
1: Uh, so I mean, I'm on the cusp of level three. My first two classes are definitely bard, just because I'm a jack of all trades, master of none. I'm like the third cool. edition bard that was like literally just very difficult he's, he's to, already to self-deprecating. Make <laughs> um yeah definitely just three levels of a third edition bard wow Oof. early
2: on i had one level in board but then i forgot my proficiencies <laughs> in my instrument <laughs>
0: why'd you say bard that way board board i'm one, oh, I'm one level of board <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh but i lost my proficiency in my uh my musical instrument what was the, what was the instrument? Look at this tragic backstory. Piano. <laughs> so I can no longer play my instrument because I lost my proficiency. So I can't cast spells. What caused this to happen? Lack of practice and dedication. Right?
0: <laughs> so it wasn't anything
2: tragic. It was just no, like I...
0: I had proficiency in this skill, but I just I didn't even try it, and so now it's gone.
1: And if you think about it, Jake, like very few people die to monsters, and most of them die just because they stopped living.
2: Yeah. Oh. That's some, uh, Gandhi. that's some, I'm very 14 and this is deep. That's
1: not what it's called. <laughs> that's I'm very 14. <laughs> <laughs> I read somewhere that 11 year olds are like people who saw the face of God and weren't impressed. <laughs> 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 yes. Welcome to Vox Arcana. I'm William. I'm Jake. I'm David. And this is a podcast about tabletop RPGs, game design, and advice for all game masters. This is episode forty-three: Magic and Spells. Let's let's get uh, magical. Jake, tell me about magic in your world.
0: Magic. So, magic is obviously a staple. Of dungeons and dragons i think it is something that separates um this kind of like fantasy role playing from other types um of of role playing where oftentimes you can be like hey if you never role played before uh let's just imagine a hypothetical situation and they do it but like the magic part of it is um kind of a big big part of what makes anD D. Um, and so magic could take a variety of forms. There are several settings that are high fantasy settings with like big, crazy magic. think um, Gandalf showing up and just kind of casting obviously tenth level spells that just kind of break the, the plot. <laughs> mm-hmm. um and then there are other like kind of mid fantasy which i think uh dnd c- tries to go for yeah. where it's kind of like okay there are all sorts of spells that can change the world in various ways um then there is low fantasy or like uh like low magic um whereas like magic is super rare and it's maybe designated to certain artifacts um and magic isn't this like a uh, popular commonly thing known thing yeah. common thing that everyone can do um, so magic affects the world of D&D a lot, um, and th- the variety of ways that you can implement magic really changes your world a ton. So th- there's a lot of variance in what magic is in D&D. I,
2: I no, I think that's interesting how different levels of magic can really change the world that you live in and how it's perceived and how it, it kind of it gets carried out because... In a high magic world, you're going to have people who are spewing spells and slinging slinging songs all the time <laughs> but in a very low magic setting if someone were to if someone were to come through and just start doing that slinging slinging all those spells then it's just that's crazy and that's that's a significant event for that to take place
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. A lot of times Dungeon Masters and just people who love D&D will talk about their their independent uh, you know, fantasy campaigns that they're going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times there is this kind of big disconnect of where it's like, okay, yeah, my players have all these magic items and are casting Wish and are doing all this crazy high-level magic stuff, and someone else in a different campaign is like, my players just found their first magic item at like level 12. Wow. And it's like, like we like this campaign is much more grounded and there are no spellcasters in the party. And so it's crazy to see the difference in those campaigns. Um, But it really speaks testament to how magic affects whatever campaign you're in so
2: drastically. And
0: I don't think we think about it that much.
2: Hmm. So I guess my next question is what makes something magical and not, like, like what it if you were to put it, your your wand over something and say, that's magical, like how would you know that it's magical? Like what are some of the elements of something that is magic? Oh, this is this is a hard question, because I've been thinking about this today a lot, and it's 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 kind of more abstract than you would think. Oh, absolutely. I think this is a
0: massive question that informs so much of world building for mm-hmm. whatever world you're in. Because magic literally is something that breaks the game. Um, yeah. And it, it mm-hmm. changes everything. Um, and so even if the magic is mundane, it's something that accomplishes a task that otherwise couldn't be accomplished without a lot of effort. So it's, it's all these, like, effort shortcuts. Um, and I think that's the most basic uh, definition of what magic is. It's, like, effort shortcuts... To, to accomplish a, a myriad of things.
2: So I, I wrote it down is magic breaks the rules of reality. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what makes something magical is that it breaks the rules in an interesting way, which you would normally have to abide by, like the laws of physics, for example. But magic is able to break them and do things interestingly. Mm.
0: Yes. And and I think um a lot of this stuff is kind of built into the fantasy genre um, but there's also this kind of weird form of Darwinism at play where it's like if you have a magic dagger that as soon as you stab someone, um, it poisons you and all of your allies. It's like, okay, that's magic, but it only serves to hurt us. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like that magic item is kind of just oftentimes ignored or just destroyed or not – really, if you're a DM, just not a thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so all the magic items kind of go through this this filter of Darwinism to be the most – powerful and interesting and creative ways to solve complex problems that Mm. that we can't oftentimes solve without a lot of effort in the real world
1: yeah i think that there's a um magic items inherently are a very exciting thing because i think you're trying to pack a lot of fun into a very small moment right like so Mm -hmm. if we were playing in a game set in ancient egypt for instance I don't know how you would have super exciting progression if there's no magic at all. Um, but being able to say, like, oh, you find this sword that can, like, whatever it touches, it just dissolves into ash. That's that's really mm-hmm. overpowered, first of all. But um, it's just <laughs> it, it's fun, and um, you're trying to hit those, those story highs for your yeah. characters and your players.
2: Uh, I think one of the other elements of magic is that magic is mysterious, and it's really at the end of the day, unknown in its limits where it's, it's unquantifiable. So you look at, Mm -hmm. you don't really know in Lord of the Rings, how much Gandalf can do. You just know that he can do a lot of very powerful things. God, that's so true. And so annoying. And you can, (laughs) you know that they can, that, that Dr. Strange can reverse time, but you don't know kind of to the extent or the limits. It seems limitless, and it's, it's almost more limited by the character of the person.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah. Magic, I mean, really, if we get down into, into what it accomplishes from a storytelling perspective, it the goal of magic for like a screenwriter or for a, a dungeon master is for something to occur. And people just go, oh, yeah, that makes sense. It's magic. <laughs> but it's it's not for the opposite where something happens, they go, wait. How does that magic work? Wait, that, that's not... I mean, that's the limit. That, that mm-hmm. clearly is breaking the game. That's too magical, right? Yeah. You don't want that. You just want something to happen that's beautiful and amazing and creative and awe-inspiring, where all the players are like, whoa. And where if someone goes, how'd that happen? There can just be that easy thing that flows out of your mouth. Like, hey, it's magic. And it just happens. Of and I think that's the beauty and the mystery of it. Um, and I think the goal of the dungeon master is to try to bend that mystery into oh, it's mysterious and magic, as opposed to like having your players like corner you and be like, hey, let's corner down the rules of magic. That isn't fair. This is too crazy. Oh my <laughs> gosh, how would this logically happen? You know? Yeah.
1: I wonder if the reason that magic is so exciting and, and frankly, one of my favorite parts of most games uh, and and movies and stories. Um, is because it behaves in different ways than real life. And so living in society today, we're all educated. We know laws of physics. We know what is and is not possible. And so when you have this new system that is inherently mysterious and unknown, uh, like David said with Gandalf and Lord of the Rings, we don't know really how far you can go with that. Like we, We know the elves are immortal and they have very mysterious magic but we don't know the scope of that and i think it's be- just so we as humans can have something to be learning about and discovering throughout the game mm-hmm. and i think that's yeah. that's really fun is the, the the most interesting thing about
2: magic is the discovering abilities aspect of it where you're almost filling that exploration arc because it's like discovering new technologies, but it's, it's more unlocking different things about magic. And that's really fun and cool and interesting to go through and to learn the secrets of the universe and how they work. And to the extent which you can force control someone Mm -hmm. or shoot lightning out of your hands or choke someone out or, you know, all of those different things. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I think um, video games are really good about this, about if there is a magic system, They obviously aren't going to let you do insane stuff up front. So they have to kind of slowly realize – or slowly reveal to the the player that you can do these certain things. And oftentimes they're unlock checkpoints or skill trees or whatever. Um, And I think that's really important because when you first start a game um, or like when you – like even when you're in – when any – story or system or video game or whatever there can be little things that start off like maybe there's a river that's flowing uphill and you're just like whoa like it's just kind of like oh that's super interesting or maybe you get the capacity to uh levitate for one minute like all these little things they're not game breaking they're not crazy they're not huge um stupendous things but they're just little things where you go oh that's cool Oh, that's interesting. And slowly you get more and more and more of that until the game kind of is allowed to be broken by the magic you can eventually cast.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah. I want to go into this next point is how is magic different than technology? So when you look at Doctor Strange versus Tony Stark, is there really
1: a difference? Not really, because Tony Stark's technology is magic. He's got a nano suit in Infinity War that is um, behaving in ways that we don't have technology that can do that kind of stuff. Um, but we believe it because we're like, Oh, well probably we're going to have something like that in the mm-hmm. next hundred years. Right. Um, and so I think we see that trope played with a lot in fantasy games, even like I've mentioned before in the old Greyhawk dungeon at the bottom of the dungeon, there's like a uh, F 16 fighter jet uh, <laughs> or or, or yeah. they're finding like a gun that they don't understand is a gun. And they think it's just a metal wand that fires smoke and makes people die. So, uh, sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic.
2: Hmm. Uh, That's interesting because
1: I almost disagree Uh, with it
2: because I think that when we, when I define magic as uh, magic breaks the rules of reality, I think that everything that Tony Stark does in the Avengers is within the rules of reality. None of his stuff goes against the rules of the world. Whereas everything that Dr. Strange does Almost goes against it being able to teleport, being able to, um, you know, work with mirror dimensions and all of that stuff. Even though it is like flavored as you know, super advanced technology, it's. I think it also is has this uh, these big elements of mystery and breaking the rules of reality.
0: Yeah, I think for me, I don't know if I want to answer this question of is magic the same thing as technology because if i answer that question it destroys the conflict between literal technology and literal magic um which i think is a really fun thing to play with uh in your worlds where it's like maybe there's this gnomish construct that's this big clockwork spider that's like like moving about with all this steampunk technology um and compare that to like this arch druid wizard that has all this sort of Uh, magical auras and stuff it's like those things are both independently incredibly powerful um, but they do have uh, independent sources that I think can come in some really interesting ideological conflicts with each other that I I really like to explore in my games
1: yeah and that juxtaposition I think is so fun to play with Mm -hmm. And, um, and there's so many ways you can combine magic and technology or magic or technology. Um, I'm thinking of the fire nation in avatar Oh yeah where, yeah, where they, they did have technology. They were building these boats and they had, um, you know, metal smelting and all this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. or you have something like Eberron where their magic is their technology and it's like informing the development of that. Um, so th- like it could be a conflict or it could be, um, man, this, it just goes on and on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. With technology, we kind of know the limits of what we can do with it. Like, we can only get so small for, like, a microchip, for example. Whereas in Magic, because of that mysteriousness that you don't have with technology, it kind of leads to more flexibility in terms of what you can do. Because there there are limits with what you can do with technology. And there aren't limits with Magic because it is that kind of unknown
1: system well i mean i think if you're talking about like um modern technology i'm thinking of horizon zero dawn where they had cr- incredibly advanced technology that mm. is now to these this yeah. tribal culture essentially magic yeah right they and, and it's doing things that obviously we can't do and holographic displays and whatever um so i think that, that back to my core argument i think that depending on how you position it in your game they are one and the same
0: huh interesting I can agree with that in certain uh, genres, but, but I like, like I said, I like my genres to really be combative with kind of this industrial rise in steampunk te- technology. Steampunk. Steampunk. Te- <laughs> steampunk um, in regards to like like steampunk technology as opposed to like the, the huge archmages with their wizard towers and stuff. I like that. For, yeah. I like that conflict. Yeah, For me,
2: uh, when you do that, it becomes more of like a meta joke than anything. Where it's when you go and you're you're you go to the bottom of a dungeon and you basically find an F sixteen like that's kind of more of a joke than yeah. it is an actual serious.
1: Well, I mean, it depends point. on how you play it. Like yeah. it, even in the Elder Scrolls lore, there is a um, a story in the the background of. Uh, oh, it's like a, an alien spaceship, isn't it? No, it's a an android, like this robot man who's a oh, knight yeah. who's like super powerful. And he gets stabbed and ripped apart and there's like wires and sparks. But they write the story as this ancient tale of this like time traveling, essentially like Terminator. And that that's there, that's official in the in the world, but it's played so straight that it makes it more like curious and fascinating instead of like, Oh well, look, there's a freaking yeah. jet that, in, and, in the and basement.
0: That's to be fair, incredibly hard to do. Yeah. Yes. I remember you did it with us. Uh, when we were playing D d one time and, and you presented us, I think it was right, a crashed alien spaceship or something like that. <laughs> oh yeah Where, there was like you know a few like just handguns laying around. And just I remember you trying to explain what they were um, to in a way that we wouldn't get it mm-hmm. was like incredibly interesting because we're like, wait, what? And it's like, that's good, right? like that's you're doing it right. But it almost would have, like, a bigger impact to the players if you go, oh, you guys find, a, you know, an Old West revolver. Mm. You know, and it's like, whoa! But it's like, oh, cool,
1: we don't know what this is. <laughs> so it, it's, it's, it's either hard. a bottle of uh, spray cheese or it's a gun. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, and, it's and even it's more hard. interesting, like, when you describe it as something that the players don't know, but then they find someone in the world who does know it. So, like... You go and you find the Old West Revolver and you take it to someone who
1: does recognize it, meaning that they aren't from like that world. Right. And this, That's so interesting. It opens a whole can of worms about, like, do you want your sci-fi and your fantasy game? And from, like, in my experience, most people don't want those to touch or cross mm-hmm. over. And personally, I don't either. Like, I was doing, um, I remember when you found the crashed spaceship, um, I was playing a lot of Fallout New Vegas at the time. And one of the r- mysterious random events is you find... a a crashed ufo and you're able to get the gun Uh, and i just like that feeling because it doesn't really you know what's what does it mean for the universe if there's aliens who are advanced and we're living in a medieval society you know it's (laughs) it it, it, like david is saying it's it's a meme yeah yeah i i was speaking more
0: towards the the difficulty that comes in revealing information that the players would easily understand when the characters wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Which I could definitely see when you were the Dungeon Master, that horrifically hard dance to maneuver. <laughs> of like, do I just tell them this is an M9 handgun, or do I just keep going? Like, it's a black piece of metal with a strange cartridge and this <laughs> weird piece that seems to be able to be pulled backward. <laughs> like... <laughs> I mean, it's it's incredibly hard to describe to a medieval mind how a steampunk or even any sort of modern technology works. Yeah. But um, yeah. I found that really interesting.
1: <laughs> and I, I think I've mentioned this before, but uh, there's a game called Numenera where it's so so far in the future, like a billion years in the future, that uh, the technology is incredibly obscure and hard to understand. So you don't know if you're handling an ancient shoebox or a nuclear device at any given <laughs> time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and so that's that one makes it easier because like obviously nothing is really shaped like a gun. It's like oh, you pick up a a piece of cloth that floats around your hands, uh, and it's like an EMP blast. You know, like you don't know uh, what <laughs> that's the stuff does. cool.
0: See, I love that because it takes away the player character uh, divide, mm-hmm. and suddenly neither know <laughs> what's yeah. going on. Yeah, that's really fun. Um, so before we go on, I'd I'd love to ask you guys about your specific Dungeons and Dragons or any whatever fantasy worlds you've. You've done campaigns in. How does magic work? Like, have you ever thought about the not mathematics, but like kind of the physics and the just justification for how spells and and
1: magic works in your worlds? Hmm. Um. I I've spent a great deal of time world building. Um. I I don't want to say I was an author as a teenager, but I was an aspiring writer, and uh-huh. mostly all I did was write world building treatises uh, and that <laughs> often involved magical systems. So uh, for the life of me, I don't really remember anything quality about those because I mean, I was 18. Like what, what am I doing? That's good at 18. <laughs> so those. speaking of which, those are on our Patreon. Uh, <laughs> I knew you so... were going to say that. <laughs> I,
2: I hate this question okay you can leave let me let me let me explain because it it goes into because you're asking like have you defined magic and how it works before in your world which is kind of like the opposite of what magic is as magic is kind of this undefined unknowable thing that
1: breaks reality objection go on
2: (laughs) and to go in and define how it works and everything and how it functions it kind of just it kind of doesn't it's anti-magic to do that so Ooh. like let me so when you look at like star wars and how it works is in the first movie you know they didn't have a script there's no source material for it they go in they talk about having the force but luke
0: had midichlorians
2: david oh no so
1: you <laughs> <laughs> just let him finish laughing <laughs> i hope he leaves his laugh in and just leaves us silent
2: you guys can talk (laughs) i was waiting for you dude (laughs) wow (laughs) so in star wars in the in the first movie you see magic roughly not even defined i want to say it's explored as uh you see obi-wan being able to manipulate someone's mind you see darth vader choking someone out and then later on it becomes more defined you know and what they can do and it's more explored and and that and i think for me it's it's less about defining magic and it's more about exploring you know what can be done with like the force or magic in your world so when you go out and you do these world building things and you say this is what can be done with magic in your world you're kind of just limiting the creativity and the what magic can the the idea behind magic in my opinion
1: all right so um huh. i I think it's interesting david um but i would argue that having clearly defined like knowing the boundaries of what magic can do can lead you to some really interesting world building decisions my example is avatar once again where they have very clear the four elements water Earth. And then the interaction and the interplay of those and the continual discovery within that system is so satisfying because, yeah. like, when we're seeing you know um, the first ever metal bender, or or in the Legend of Korra series the first ever lava bender, you're like, holy crap! Like, I didn't know they could do that, but it works within the rules.
2: Well, that's that's kind of I don't think that's counter to my point. I think that works with my point is that you start out with like a small idea and then you slowly expand on it. But if you start out at the beginning and you define it all in world building and building your world, then
1: magic is just kind of stuck as it, as it is. Well, it sounds like you're, to me that you're starting with like magic can do literally anything. And that I think is uh, kind of daunting as a, as a writer, GM, whatever. Um, I think you need to define it. Some of it.
2: Well, I think, well, to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think that I'm not, when I'm saying define, I'm saying like magic starts out as a small idea and then it goes from there. Like, um, in the in the movie Looper, what is it? People have small telekinesis. Yeah, as yeah. a small idea, oh, like some days. people, some people have telekinesis, and that's interesting, and that's a great place to start. But I don't want to go through at the beginning of my world and say, you know, I want to define everything that magic can do at the beginning. I want to start with a small small seed and then grow it from there. So
0: okay, mm. so so let me let me put it. If that uh, makes I'm gonna sense, I'm going to ask you sense. a question, and then I want to explain my my logic behind my justification for magic so in your world let's say you have five new players that are starting out um in your campaign would you say in that world where they're playing regardless of their classes there would be no archmages like npcs to start off with like were they the, the the on the frontiers of magic
1: so you're saying the players are the first ever people with magic just so we can explore magic organically throughout the game
0: yeah so you won't have someone who, because I thought about the logic of this, like if players are doing kind of this, you know, yeah, they're they're on the frontiers of magic, like, I don't know, I prefer there being kind of this kind of magic schools, arcane universities in place, archmages that can guide them and show them different spells and open up portals for them,
2: you know? For me, that's more of, I don't, it depends upon the type of game I want to run. If that's something that my players are looking for, if they're looking for, more of a Harry Potter type world, then yeah, totally. I'd throw them, out, throw those out there where they can explore. Uh, they can explore. I think for me, it's. I don't want my players to be able to go to a wiki and read about every and learn everything Ooh, that's, about. Okay, that's. A I don't really want. Good I don't point. want my players to be able to read and know everything about magic in my world oh before my I've explained it to them. Like that's if, okay. If, that, okay, if that that's, is That's kind yeah. of the point that I want to make is I don't want to be able to go through and read about you know all the star wars lore and know everything that can be done within star wars before i've played a game in it i want to kind of explore and learn about it as i'm going through the Uh, world on my own yes this
0: this is something i cannot agree with more um like you guys know i play a lot of different DD games with a lot of different people um and a lot of times I i will have to really reiterate. Hey, talk to me. If you have questions about certain spells, if you have Mm -hmm. questions about certain races, if you have questions about certain cities, ask me first. Because what they'll do is I've taken a conglomeration of races and spells and homebrew stuff and cities from 5e and all this sort of thing um, to where my players will oftentimes just Google, what is Waterdeep like? Oh, yeah. Um, and then the, they'll be like, okay, I go to this ward and I'll be like, what, what the hell are you talking about? That <laughs> ward isn't real. <laughs> and they'll be like, uh, it's in the, the 5e Faerun canon. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. My Waterdeep I've been using since, you know, before I've been using it for years and it's, it's different than, than that one, than the canon one.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and so that, that really frustrates me. Um, but I have to just really reiterate, Hey, communicate with me. If you want to make a custom spell, if you want to use a homebrew, anything, um, if you want to be a race, um, that race might not exist in my world. Like, um, one of my players, like I love, you guys know, exotic races. Um, but like one of my players is talking about playing, uh, a a Genasi, um, like a fire Genasi character. And, and I was like, um, they don't exist in my world. (laughs) Because I was like, I, I, we'll have to kind of justify their existence um, with you maybe being the first fire genasi there has ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, and and David, I completely empathize with that of like wanting to have your world your own. But because mm-hmm. for me, pull it, I pull so much stuff from other things that, like, people will assume, like, oh, these things are, like, the White Walkers. Or, oh, this thing is, like, the 5e canon version. Or, yeah. the, oh, this city is just, like, the one from Lord of the Rings. And I'll be like, ah, oh, no. <laughs> I, I did steal it from those things. <laughs> but it, it, it has been it's a part of my world yeah. for a long time and it's not the same thing. So, um, that, is, that is a tough thing because it really just you really just have to push hey communicate with the dungeon master and be like this th- things might be different than what your perceptions are
2: yeah and it, that's kind of my point with magic is i don't want to sit down and you know have my wiki of everything that magic does i kind of want it to be explored in the world like in real time like will talked about with avatar i think it's so cool when you find out about the revelations when you when those big revelations with whoa, that person has blue fire? What? Like, that's yeah. crazy!
1: Like, that's... Yeah. Hey. And
2: Wasn't then there's lightning bending, and there's all sorts of crazy things that happen, and you you learn it as you're going through, and it's like, I didn't even know that was possible. Like, that blows your mind, and it and yeah. it explores magic in such an interesting way, and I think that's a ruin when you know everything
1: already. No, this is... Yeah. I, I totally agree with... This is one of the rare moments where all three of us are in perfect agreement. I I think we live in the age of wikis and people feel like they deserve the right to know every single thing about any given universe and they want it all defined. And I think that that kind of habit, uh, that kind of thinking is really destructive to DMS who who now are starting out and they think they are required to write out, here's the entire cosmological history of the universe. Here's every single like 157 spells that they're the only ones that will ever exist. Um, And that's just so frustrating. Much like David, I think that there needs to be room to discover and explore. I think that um, if we're talking like practical advice for GMing and and world building in terms of magic is you need to ask yourself what is and what is not available in your world. Like you could say, all right, um, teleportation doesn't exist yet. Like nobody can do that. I'm not saying it's not in the world. It's just it's not in there yet. Um, Yeah. You just kind of define maybe some big broad strokes of magic like what it can and can't do and then you let the players come in there with the little details yes Yes. and i think
2: that's that's so much more interesting when you're slowly examining the world and asking questions and when someone says where can i find like a grandmaster wizard and you just and you and you have to think and that and you and you as a dm have to think for for a second and go and make a choice of they don't exist yet or you know, maybe there are rumors of one in a far city, far away I like or that something, idea. something on the, where it's like, you don't define it until you're in the moment. And that's what I like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There is this, um, this kind of push and pull between, uh, like Will was saying, like complete and total confirmed wiki yeah. and total, obviously flying by the seat of your pants <laughs> improvisation. <laughs> but i love Um, that that's that's what i I do too but i think there is this i don't know i've seen my players because i have a very well-defined world that has been constructed over years and years and hundreds of sessions um and i feel like my players prefer when they go hey where's this guy from and i go oh he's from saladin's ruins and like like they just go okay cool rather than me going like uh I, i don't know he's from the uh the uh uh, Eric Cockroach's Roost, you know, like, it's very obvious that I was just, just making crap <laughs> up. Um, and so I like the idea of there being this consistent, like, world building to... Eventually, my goal is, like, the, like the players participating and, and recognizing different places in the world and stuff like that. Yes. Um, so there is that balance, though, of, like, pure everything to find wiki and just flying by the seat of your pants role yeah. playing improvisation um but but i I'd, I'd love to so <laughs> i guess we we got off a little bit I, i'd Overall. love to explain i, I want david to, i want i really want david to to say if he thinks this is this is too much or not so for me in my world um i've kind of played off of the the 5e and i think kind of the DD canon for a long time the idea of the weave for magic um, and that, like, it's almost kind of a cool play on, like, string theory of, like, every single particle of the universe is connected by a trillion different strings in a trillion different directions. Um, and there's kind of this weave going throughout the entire universe. Um, and for me, I've kind of built off that, and I don't know if this is canon for 5e or whatever, but I've, I've kind of thought of it in this way. That, like, every time you cast a spell, you're not actually doing, like, like creating something out of the ether. What you're doing is you're changing time and you're changing space. Mm. So when you cast fireball, what you're doing is you're opening up a tiny portal to the plane of fire. And you are controlling that opening of the portal and shooting the fireball out from there. Wow. So you are not like creating a fireball. It is just like you're manipulating time and space to like just bring something that exists in reality to a new plane and then using it. Wow. Um and I've thought of all spells in that way. Like you're not actually creating something out of the ether, you're just moving the strings of the weave in a way that alters time and space to create food and water where there previously was none or to um essentially it's the multiverse theory of mm-hmm. like when you're say creating food and water as a spell, you're going, "Hey, is there a universe where I hold out my hand And there is suddenly food and water. And the answer obviously is yes. And so if there is an infinite multiverse, you're just pulling from one of those infinite multiverses to allow food and water to be in your hand. Mm. Um, And that's how I view magic is the weave, which is editing time and space to uh, basically imply stuff from alternate realities
2: and making them manifest in your world. Does that mean stuff is disappearing from your reality to be moved into another one? Oh, maybe. That, because if like that. if I held out gold, like is there a, a point in reality in which one of those realities gold is taken out of my hand? That's really good. See, I would imply that as almost like wild magic,
0: right? Oh my god. Um, and, 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 and I I love wild magic, right? Um but there, a cra- There is a <laughs> reality
1: where I turn into a houseplant.
0: Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah, th- there's a reality where anything happens. Um, but, but all magic is doing is it's making that reality manifest in this plane of existence that the, the adventure is happening in. Weird. Um And so, yeah, I'd love that. Weird. And I, I'd love to include stuff like that to kind of make it more crazy. Like, yeah, suddenly you hold out something and it disappears. Because maybe a, a spellcaster from some other trillion... Th- <laughs> multiverse like needed the key and your key suddenly disappeared from your hand and appeared in
2: theirs <laughs> that's some crap James. it's so funny though like i'm imagining there's like some like good karma wizard out there who's just like who's offering things like to the multiverse and it's just like getting taken out of his <laughs> hands to like help another wizard of his himself and in another Somewhere in... Yeah. Like, <laughs> imagine, like, the divination wizard is just someone who can see the alternate realities. Yeah. So he's, yeah. like, seeing himself in another reality do see, something I implied and mess that. mm-hmm. Like, with that's that kind so of, cool.
0: Yeah, with that kind of wizard, it's like, the, yeah, they can see the different multiverses. They can change things. They can ch- edit luck um, sort of thing. And... Oh.
2: Yeah, all I want to do now I'm is play him. Rick Sanchez as a divination <laughs> wizard because that's what he is in Rick and Morty, right? Oh my god! Yeah,
0: he can just kind of make the best and go thing across happen. dimensions, or, yeah. or go to a dimension where the best thing happens. Yeah, um, he's <laughs> so he's that, a divination really wizard. Wow. No, but but I've used this and kind of the whole idea of the weave and editing reality and moving multiverses to manifest certain things that you want with magic um, to kind of temper the spell wish. Um, wish is a spell that I have that has never been cast in my worlds yet. Uh, that really terrifies me, um, and I really think that I kind of justified this whole magic system with this whole the weave and alternate realities to be like, if you cast the spell wish, you have to ask for something that technically exists in the multiverse. Like you can't break the multiverse you have to ex- you have to ask for something that could technically possibly exist in the universe um and i think that kind of breaks sort of i don't know if you guys have heard of like meta wishes where they kind of wish the dm was different and kind of some insane stuff like that
2: um but what? but that's I would just it. not allow those. Like, well, so, so, yeah, I feel I guess, like that's a pretty reasonable thing. It's like it has to just be able to happen in the real world. And exactly. On in some I th- world.
0: I really think that – exactly. Exactly what you said is, is how I've kind of justified that my entire magic system is whatever you did has to have happened in some possible hypothetical universe. Uh,
1: well, so based on what you've said about pretty much anything has happened because of the almost infinite alternate universes. Yeah. Then arguably, almost any wish could be fulfilled with some justification. Like I wish everyone on the planet was dead. Well, there's a universe where a great plague yeah. annihilated the world. Yeah, right? yeah. I agree. So, so that's not really a, a cap of any kind on a wish.
2: Yeah. No, I, wish
0: no. I don't still want to crazy. Cap. Powerful. What? <laughs> no, no. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I still want it to be as, as crazy as it is. Even though... Okay, I, I want to say to everyone, um, something I found out in the past year is that Wish is technically not what people think it is. Oh, no,
2: it's way less powerful, but nobody yeah, gets the Yeah, it's only <laughs>
0: that Wish... You can cast any
2: spell uh, that turn. Like, any spell. Um, and There are a couple of stipulations, but the, I think the one that people think of most is you can ask your GM to do something, you know somewhat crazy and and the and thing is i think you have to roll of. a
0: d100 and if you get like below a 33 like you can never cast wish you forget wish yeah and you can't yeah cast it. yeah which is really interesting
1: that's but, spicy okay
0: but like bottom line yeah i think that's how my world works that's how i justify um and now that i'm doing Dungeons of the mad mage i'm thinking about a lot of, about magic um mm-hmm. and how the mad mage is is kind of what his goals are and what his apprentices are thinking and kind of how they're going to start their crazy, epic, super high-level battles in the future. Um, thinking about the weave
1: and how magic works. Yeah. So we've right. talked about D&D and magic and how to use it, but I want to talk a little bit about some more familiar entertainment properties um, that our listeners surely have heard of. The first of which I think is Harry Potter and how magic is handled in that universe. So,
2: yeah, let's... I want to go through and I want to talk kind of, kind of about the things that make Harry Potter's magic system magic. And like, what are some of the defining characteristics? So for example, like when I think of Harry Potter, I think of, uh, like an elite society of magic. So it's very elitist because you, you can't be a muggle and cast spells. So it's, it's only available to certain groups of people. Um, there's also a lot of mundane magic. Hmm. So, actually
1: true. Like they're using brooms, like enchanted brooms. To mm-hmm. clean so you think
2: of magic being everywhere. So it's it's very commonplace. You're seeing brooms automatically sweep the streets, pots and panes, cleaning themselves. It's used, it's commonplace teleportation is very common because you're able to fast travel most places in the world. It's also a lot more known and... I don't want to say defined, but it's it's
1: less mysterious for sure. It's less
2: mysterious. It's more knowledge based and more, I want to say learned. No, well, it's, right? it's academic. It's academic inherently. Yes, academic. Yeah. yes, that's but that's I, the word I was I looking for. I think about.
1: that based on the universe that Rowling wrote, where you have, in order for a secret society to exist for a long amount of time, then obviously a lot of people have spent a long, um, long years researching magic. So therefore, it is inherently more known and more
2: common. But the thing is it still feels mysterious. Yeah. At its core. Like you don't when when someone's casting a Patronus charm, you know how they cast it and you know how you don't but you don't know how it works. Uh, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, but like at that point it doesn't really matter. Right? right. Yeah, Jake's right. So so let's uh, let's mm-hmm. compare this to the next one, which is Lord of the Rings. Oh yes. This is where the mystery is so damn mysterious yeah it's that, that anyone can show up and call upon eagles or shoot a massive supernova light ray to kill the goblin mm-hmm. king you shall not pass! to the point that like it almost seems like magic is so absurdly powerful that there is no rule book and mm-hmm. anything can happen that the author yes. wants to happen well
1: uh, that also makes the world seem much more scary and dangerous exactly because we have beings that can just like like uh i almost call them dwarf gandalf wrestling a balrog as they fall down which a is crazy right like and so the the feeling is now like unlike harry potter which is very known and academic and studied um we have no idea the capabilities of these characters. Like Saruman barely casts any spells, but we understand that he's um, quite a frightening presence. He's very powerful. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's
2: the thing is you don't have to cast spells to be powerful. There's just the aura around them. Magic in Harry Potter or sorry, magic in Lord of the Rings is very ancient. It's very mysterious. It's it's somewhat divine as well because you have mm-hmm. these elements of good versus evil and the beings themselves, I think in the lore that they are Aren't they more...
1: Well, you're either made by like the, the good god creature the good or the evil Satan mm-hmm. creature.
2: Which, could, which implies, you know, almost like an angels versus demons kind yeah, of look. Yeah. However you want to look at it. So it's, it's definitely more of that focus. And I think, I think it's interesting how you look at how they solve problems in Lord of the Rings. Whereas in one of them, you overcome it with like divine power. And Lord of the Rings, you're overcoming the your problems. Whereas in Harry Potter, you're overcoming it with knowledge. It's because you yeah, know the secrets as wizards. Well, yeah, and it's the fact that they're both magic and yet they solve problems so differently with the magic is very interesting yeah. to me. Because in Harry Potter, it's all about learning the secrets of Voldemort?
1: <gasps> he, yeah.
2: He was <laughs> in, in Harry Potter, it's all about learning the secrets of Voldemort and, and trying to solve and use those use that knowledge against them. Whereas in Lord of the Rings, it's all about using the nature of being good.
1: Well, if we're talking about magic, um, let's just talk about the story a little bit. Like the magic, the presence of magic in Lord of the Rings is very minimal Mm -hmm. compared to Harry Potter. Like most of the conflict is solved with just regular people walking long distances Mm -hmm. and fighting in big battles. Um, magic has, um, arguably very little to do with with that particular story oh, that, so this is what what infuriates
0: me because Harry Potter d- does magic magic is everywhere right but the magic is often mundane right like the weasleys are using magic to do the damn dishes <laughs> um, but like but like Lord of the Rings is like the magic is nowhere to be seen but when it shows up it's so boisterous and, and epic. huge and mythical and epic that it just rips the plot from the the pathetic hero's hands and takes it where wherever the author needs it to well it's crazy and because
2: the the spells that gandalf effectively casts are like light shield <laughs> these basic level one spells and yet they look so epic and cool at the same time like they are crazy.
0: Yeah, I guess that's a good point because it's like he isn't like n- casting your Swarm. No, but, he's like, not
2: casting Fireball.
0: But yeah, but like because of the absence of magic, it, yes. it looks like this absurd, you know, just plot armor type of like meta stuff that just makes the heroes win. And I don't know why it upsets me. But but when I think about it, I'll ask this question to you guys. Which universe would you rather roleplay in? The uh, Lord
2: of the Rings universe or the Harry Potter one?
1: Lord of the Rings. Absolutely. Really?
2: I would prefer Harry Potter. Ooh, David. I, I think I want to go through a couple of the other ones because uh, we still got some <laughs> more worlds oh, true, true, to true, talk true. about. All right, wait so a dodge. Next we have is the <laughs> Game of Thrones universe, which... Uh. On its surface value might look very similar to that of Lord of the Rings. Oh no, no,
1: because it's got even less magic. It's but less, I think yeah. the uh, I think the magic
2: is about the same level. No. That's but, testament okay. to the lack of
1: yeah.
2: Yes. But I think that it the magic is very different because even though it is similar in nature to Lord of the Rings and that and being ancient and mysterious, it also it has elements of forbidden knowledge mm-hmm. because it's not something that is meant to be sought out. You have uh, the the faceless men.
1: Oh yeah, yeah.
2: And you have the you have the what are the the island of people who are cursed.
1: Oh yeah, um, there's there's that as well. Scale, whatever. And
2: then there's also so there's true. also a lot of trade offs, and it's very costly to use magic in the Game of Thrones universe because bringing someone back from the dead, in terms of uh, the mountain it kind of takes his soul away mm-hmm. and it becomes this weird gargantuan zombie. Yeah, like a guy. monster really. So
0: so i would say game of thrones is less like lord of the rings and like the epic fantasy stuff, but i would say game of thrones is more like lord of the rings if magic stopped working for a thousand years. Yeah. Like it, it yes. has this this which i think dungeons and dragons has a ton of 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 magic and everything were so much better in the past. Um, and there were these huge civilizations and crazy magic items and people casting tenth and eleventh level spells <laughs> um, and just like all this this crazy arcane stuff happening in the past. And there was some downfall, like the spell plague or the cataclysm or the end of the world. Um, and now you exist in these 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 kingdoms or, or however you know your D and D world is. Um, but that's how there are literally. Dungeons to explore is because they were part of old catacombs of massive yeah. civilizations that existed in the past. And I think Game of Thrones does that exceptionally well as they establish like the old Valerian Empire, um, and all of this like kind of ancient history that really informs everything. Um, especially with like the Night King and the the old uh especially the older religions of like the Azore High and the uh the kind of the conflict and the drowned God and all this sort of like mystical religions. You don't know who's right because it's all so ancient and old and like steeped in history um, that I think is super, super interesting. Well, I think
2: Um, that combined with the fact that everything in that world comes at a cost, mm -hmm. every, nothing comes for free. You can't just cast a spell. Everything comes at a hefty price that you're going to have to pay. And sometimes the price isn't going to be worth the payoff. So, Okay, so, so I, if we're going to go through the three we've talked about, I, I really like
0: this. I think Harry Potter is wizards, literally. The Lord of the Rings is essentially clerics because they get their spells and stuff from kind of the, these higher deities. I think Game of Thrones is essentially with the trade-offs and stuff like
2: warlocks. Okay. Um, um, actually, Harry Potter is sorcerer, but... Nice try. Well, true, but I think that leads mm. us into our next one, which is the Marvel universe. So when I think of Doctor Strange, I think that's that's really interesting because it's this—it's very almost more spiritual mm-hmm. on a level of magic, which we haven't seen because it has that ancient Eastern mysticism tied
1: with it. I would argue it's cartoon Eastern mysticism, but go on. Yeah. Sure. I mean, you can. Yeah, but it still has like those a monk. Yeah. Those influences. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's really fun.
2: And I think that it's it really rides on those mystical notes mm-hmm. where you don't really know entirely what's going on or what's what they're capable of, but you know that they've done rigorous studying to be able to use the powers that they have. Mm-hmm. And it and it kind of blends with martial arts in a way that you haven't seen magic because it's a lot of training and practice and routine and it's more of a whole discipline than it is in other schools of magic where you have you're you're trying to train your mind and everything to be in alignment whereas other schools of magic like in harry potter it's just i know the words to cast a spell whereas in doctor
1: strange it's more of the whole idea of like uh, i I'm trying I think you're trying to say that there's a physicality. it's It's yeah. more like a martial art, yeah, than it is an academic pursuit, It's more of
2: like a philosophy mm-hmm. where you have the embodiment of like what magic means.
1: yeah, uh, so i I would like
0: to talk about Marvel in the in the terms of of world building, um which is something that has really frustrated me in regards <laughs> to Marvel for a long time, is that Marvel, once they introduced magic in kind of phase two. Um, It kind of became this snap of the fingers, anything is okay now, Um, which I think is very important for creating a universe. You need to have this hand wavium that is magic. Um, And once you have that, you're allowed to do insane things, right? Um, In the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they have flying aircraft carriers. That is (laughs) insanity. That doesn't make any sense at all but because they've introduced magic because they've introduced uh aliens because they've introduced all this stuff it's no one goes hey why are those aircraft carriers flying right but if you if you build and i'm gonna reveal a little bit about myself i'm a huge dc fan um and it but like if the dc universe did something like that with flying aircraft carriers or stuff people would just be like what no that's that's unrealistic because they're thinking of christopher nolan's batman saga everything is hyper dark and grounded and realistic that any introduction of something that could possibly be not true see that's uh, where you're wrong shot
2: down because you're all we have to do for dc is wait till shazam comes out april 5th and that's when magic enters the world of DC. Sure. Well okay, yeah, sure. But like
0: prior to that, <laughs> they would not know fans. Prior to well, that, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, You're prior not allowed to that, to. people, yeah, they freak out at any yeah. sort of thing that seems sure. unrealistic. Because DC went with the I think from Nolan's original trilogy leading into the DC cinematic universe, it was just like the gritty realism this is yeah. gritty this is dark this is realistic this is philosophical and so like yeah you can't have suddenly a flying aircraft carrier people would be like what but with marvel the tone is a little more light there's magic there's aliens and because of that when a flying aircraft carrier shows up no one goes mm-hmm. wait what they
2: just go okay yeah it's yeah it's obviously a, a shield flying aircraft carrier <laughs> They actually, actually, I think it's like, well, that's epic. Like, there's a cool carrier, aircraft carrier.
1: I think this is, is really just revealing um, the, the ability for a tone to support magic in a yes, world. Yes, that's yes, exactly. And uh, and then
2: going back to Doctor Strange specifically, I think that one of the most, one of the most fascinating things that I liked about the movies is how he solves problems in that he uses magic very creatively and we see a very creative problem solving look with magic in which we haven't seen in a lot of other franchises where he's using the slingering portals to cut off people's arms or he's using the time stone to get himself stuck in a time loop with Dormammu
0: Dormammu I've come to bargain you've
2: come to die and those creative uses of magic are so cool. And that's why I love to play Wizard is for those moments of being able to take a piece of magic and just use yes. it to totally destroy to and obliterate it. a problem. To it. <laughs> it's, and I think and I think that kind of creative problem solving should be rewarded. And I yes. and I love that. Yeah. And that's what I love about magic. Is that you're not just trying to bust your way through it with a sword, but you're trying to think outside the box yes. and teleport out of it. and then finally i think the last big uh magic universe that i want to talk about is star wars and i think star wars is kind of similar to how dr strange does magic whereas it's very spiritual it's very uh, mysterious and unknown but it also has very emotional elements to it that we don't see in other magical systems where your ability to use magic is deeply tied to how well you can control your emotions Mm. and how your emotions really fuel how you use your magic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I think it comes with that. um, Like we talked about in a previous episode about Star Wars, about the duality of Mm -hmm. it. Oh yeah. Um, And I'm trying to think of D and D spells or D and D spell schools. um, And if each of them came with a duality, right? Like what would the dark side of the force and light side of the force look like for the school of illusion magic or the school of, uh, evocation, you know, like destruction
2: magic. Well, I mean Um, like necromancy is like life and death. Yeah. Yeah. Same with that. So so cool. The duality of interesting
0: to maybe apply some kind of force light and dark side stuff to the schools of magic and D and D. So there is that, like you said, this kind of, uh, deep, uh, visceral emotional pull from like like push and pull of, of light side dark side good and bad lawful chaotic of i'm
2: wondering if we school. if we just renamed the different schools to two terms that were duality so it's not na- instead of an acromancy it'd be the school of life and death mm-hmm. or instead of conjuration it would be the conjurate no, like would-
1: creating and des- destroying yeah
2: yeah. The school of creation and destruction. I think that'll be so cool and so flavorful, and it would bring so much duality to it because you can have these different like alignments that play off of those different balances, mm. where it's like I'm trying to be good, so I'm only trying to create. <sighs> wow! That's so what, uh, cool. I'm
0: I'm craving the the very rare uh, warlock wizard multi class <laughs> to do
1: this. <laughs> Speaking of magic, um, I want to talk about. What would happen in the real world if magic existed?
0: Oh man. So, this is a lot of things.
1: It's just like a thought experiment that I often think about. Um, So, let's take a spell and we're going to think through the implications um, or the ramifications of it. The spell that I have in mind today is Mage Hand.
0: Okay, so Mage Hand. Oh, first off, Mage Hand is one of my favorite spells. I think it's it's a fantastic spell. spell. Um, It makes me want to do, to to go into any sort of subclass that allows me like Eldritch Knight or um, what is the, the magic rogue subclass um, that allows for this. Arcane Trickster. Yeah. Arcane Trickster. Cause it's so good. It's so fun. It's so, so helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, And so how would this change the world? I'm thinking (sighs) pickpocketing would be much more common,
1: right? Well, so let's back up a little bit, because we have to define how common magic is in the world in the first place. Okay, yeah. Like, is this like... Um... I'm imagining this is the only spell. Okay, so it, this oh, now is the first spell in the world. Okay. Yes.
0: I'm uh, saying, okay, 5% of the population
1: knows it. 5%? Of, okay. That's that's yeah, a lot. That's okay, a lot. So of people. Yeah, 1 in 20. Is this like a medieval 20. fantasy world?
0: Um. Yeah, yeah. And so, Perfect. I think, I think first off, pickpocketing would be much more common, because you can't like turn around and be like, stop that thief, gods! Right? Because it's like, stop
1: that hand. Stop like, the that the hand. hand dis- I don't know. How? I think that
2: because you automatically assume that everybody uses it for evil, Like I, I disagree. I don't think that pickpocketing would be
1: more common. I think that it would be more... You don't more... think it would be any more common? At all? I think it would be... I think if a person has the ability to use amazing magic, like crime probably wouldn't be the first thing i think we would see like magic shows right they can juggle or do some stupid you know not very profitable thing with it there would
2: probably be some sort of like elite society formed so there'd be like some sort of class struggle where the people who have magic are going to be you know wanted by the government or whatever or by high society to figure out you know what's going on with their powers And everyone else is going to kind of resent them because they don't have these abilities.
1: It's almost like a low-key telekinesis in a way. Yes. Because you can now manipulate things up to 30 feet away from you. But it's a spectral hand. I mean, I don't think
0: this is going to start like a class war or anything, though. I think it's just going to be like, yeah, you're going to see a bartender suddenly like pouring a drink as well as handing a drink to someone as well. Mm -hmm. As well as pulling a tap on, you know, like all these things because they essentially have three arms.
2: Yeah. I think that it would be really interesting to for surgeons and doctors because all of a sudden you don't have to worry about the shakiness of your hands because you have the spectral hand which you control with your mind. Mm-hmm. So you're less limited by your body and you're more limited by, you know, your knowledge. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I mean, I like the idea of including this in each of your worlds where it's like, you know, a bartender shows up and just, you know, y- the group order drinks and it's like he puts down two drinks with one hand, two drinks with the other hand, and then two drinks are just floating with a spectral hand <laughs> next to him. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, It's just so fun. and It adds this little little bit of flavor where it's like, oh, this world is magical and, and different. And Mage Hand is, you know, people I would, can cast it.
1: I would love to see like a child who um, is like an amputee, um, like using a Mage Hand to do stuff. yeah. Um, and it becomes almost like this, like maybe the first ever use of Mage Hand was from a little child, like a toddler, and it manifested, kind of like in Looper, where you have uh, the telekinesis powers just mm-hmm. happening.
2: That's yeah, interesting. I, I'm wondering, what like, I think it would change. Oh, well, what about sports, for example? Like, how would that come into play when you have like some players who have Mage Hand?
1: I mean, it would probably be a secret weapon for a while, and then later it would be banned. Um, are, are there sports in D&D? Do you have sports in your world, Jake? i don't i have just um essentially gladiator arenas because
0: sports are like like david was bringing up there are a lot of problems with like okay are you you know a ninth level wizard could be the best sports player of any sport there was just because the amount of spells they
2: have access to well i mean you Um, still have sports in harry potter for example you have quidditch
0: Yeah, but I don't think they are allowed to cast spells on the on the field. No, they're not. Because if they could say Expelliarmus or what's the the killing one,
1: (sighs) and have to each other, they don't have their wands when they're playing Quidditch. Yeah, yeah,
0: and so that's the weird thing of Harry Potter is kind of wands are kind of guns, so they're all disarmed. Um, but like, yeah, if you ha- if you were playing any say you're playing a hockey match against a ninth level wizard, like you're done. <laughs> There's nothing you can do. If a ninth and level s- wizard is playing hockey, like he's wasting his time. <laughs> <laughs> he's holding he's holding the uh the stick with his mage hand, and then he's just doing power word kill on you with the other ones. <laughs> if
1: anything, like the entire hockey rink and crowd is all of large permanent illusion. <laughs> and you're just inside his mind palace.
0: You're just it, it's the mad mage, it's yeah. Alistair Black club yeah. just messing with you playing
1: hockey. <laughs> <laughs> why is it hockey? That's actually
2: uh, the 12th level of the Madman Dungeon. Is you yeah. have to beat Alistair Black hockey, hockey. in hockey oh, while he's dude. casting power to kill on you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think um, that's why I don't have really sports in my world. Um, th- there's a lot of gladiatorial arenas. Um, and some are, I differentiated between... Spells are allowed and spells are not. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are other ones where it is uh, illegal to kill someone. You have to just knock them out. Mm-hmm. Um, and others where it is to the death. Um, so there are kind of four different types. Um, so if you want to go to a gladiatorial arena and do spells are allowed and you can kill each other, it it's insane. And you can make a lot more money, but it's very dangerous. Whereas if you want to go to one where spells aren't allowed and you can only knock people out... Um, you're, it's going to be a lot less lower stakes, but, um, yeah, in regards to mage hands, I don't know. I I think including this as often as you can is such a simple way to, um, just make the world more magical. Mm -hmm. Um, just people carrying stuff. Um, think, think of someone walking down the road. Uh, they just went to the market and they're carrying their like groceries back to their inn um, and just like them really hauling a ton of groceries in both hands. And then there's just this spectral hand carrying another pile of groceries right behind them. <laughs> well, I like, it can't just... weigh more than
2: 10 pounds, Jake, because that would be too <laughs> yeah, much fun. So we'll
0: say we'll say it's, it's nine pounds. Um, and just, like, <laughs> like just seeing, seeing that, it's just a fun way yeah. to... I think as a Dungeon Master, when you're explaining your world, when you're explaining the environment, when you're giving little flavor... Stuff like that is really such a good tone anchor to be like, this world is magic, this world is magic, this world is different than our own, um, and, and to do that as often as you can.
2: I think any craftsman would be aided in the use of having magic hand. Yeah. Yeah. Or mage hand because they would be able to, you know, mix vials or cook food more quickly or be able to, you know, hammer out uh, a sword much more quickly and easily than having to do it without by hand.
1: getting tired, right? Yeah. Like if, if the hand is swinging a hammer like a thousand times. Yeah. That's a thousand less times you have to do it yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you can
2: focus on more, like, fine-tuning and other things.
1: Hmm. Oh, interesting.
0: Oh, man. I'm just imagining, like, um, two smithies, and there's three forges, and they're just using both of each of their hands to hit on their own forge. But then there's two magic (laughs) mage hands in the middle, uh, working on, like, its own thing. Yeah, working on its own... All right. Well,
1: so if we have hit upon the idea that if a mage hand doesn't really take any energy to move it because you're not like swinging your arm, no. um, like we can optimize a lot of tasks that are very strenuous. Yeah. Um, as long as they don't weigh up, you know, past 10 pounds. Yeah. Uh, and just Less save a than... lot of energy.
2: And really, it can increase your production a lot. So mm-hmm. a lot of your people who have it are going to be significantly more productive than those who don't. Certainly on oh, any physically man.
0: demanding
1: task, like harvesting crops or, or harvesting you know,
0: crops. I'm thinking like even in like a steampunk type industrial setting, like. Pulling levers and pressing stamps and like, you know, someone that can cast mage hand is literally an extra hand. Yeah, (laughs) the the amount of
2: time is in which you would need an extra hand in which you don't need another person for it. Then, you know, a two person job becomes a one person job become significantly higher
1: what if they're if you're playing in the steampunk setting you have all this machinery this industrial like stamping crushing stuff yeah. and only the people with mage hand can work there because they have to use this hand that could be crushed without harming them oh, to, like to yeah. reach it's in mistake and do this causes work.
0: them to recast it
1: yeah. yeah that's the
2: other thing is like mage hand can reach into tight squeezing places so mm-hmm. like plumbing or any sort of that where you have to reach in a screwdriver and you would normally have to crawl underneath like you don't have to worry about
1: so like handymen yeah. or like yeah. super like you drop your keys in the drain, that's fine, I'll just make my hand appear in the drain and yeah. bring it yeah. Bring him out.
0: Yeah. And that's I mean, that's why it's so useful in dungeons too, is you can kind of just throw it at a trap and just see what happens. <laughs> it's also interesting
2: because because you can make the spectral hand appear, you know, somewhere on range, you could have it on the other side of a door and you could unlock it from the <laughs> other side. <laughs> so you can you could do that to break into cars if we're talking about real life you could talk yeah you could have a um open security panels see this you know, is what do all i was talking about
0: things. i think this would cause if, if this did exist like the mage hand there would be so much more security measures taken like you said like yes. they could they could literally make their hands appear like inside of a chest and open it from the to the inside or mm-hmm. like stuff like that and so i think there's going to be a lot more type of magical spells if there is other magic in this world like placed on stuff um and like like magic items uh maybe cheaper simpler magic items to combat this sort of thing
2: well you could take out security cameras because you can just have your mage hand just, just go around the corner right. and spray you know spray paint over it or yeah. turn it the other way or you know do all i think you see
1: it causes escalation of like anti-magic yes areas. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a cold war of yeah. like
2: <laughs> yeah and and I, I've
0: shown this in my world before. It's like one of my players had Mage Hand and one of the, the high nobles of Waterdeep walked by. And they went, okay, I want to use my Mage Hand to, to pick their pocket. And I'm like, okay. And they like rolled and I think they got like a 17 or something. And I was like, okay, yeah, you succeed. But like their uh, magic pouch immediately goes like... <laughs> and, and they're like, what the heck? I was like... Do you think they're just gonna not like they're gonna have valuables in a pouch that's not magically protected? Like anyone with with Mage Hand would be pickpocketing them all day. Yeah. Um, or and he so just it's put like,
2: everything on a chain so it can't pull it away because it can only you know pull a certain strength.
0: Yeah, and so I th- I think I like that um, that is the, the the crazy ramifications of magic is there is going to be this this power escalation this cold war of magic. That will uh, kind of affect the whole world because everything will be, oh, better magic and then, okay, better defenses against magic and that's just going to keep
1: rising. Right, Right. and it's kind of boring after a while. Like, you know, um, (laughs) if you think of the invention of guns and then, like, Kevlar and bulletproof stuff, um, you know, it's obviously very practical and it's helpful, but it's... Not exciting in a D and D game if you're like, oh well, I, no. I fire my magic bullet and like he has an anti magic cone around him and obviously and yeah <laughs> yeah, right? yeah you're like oh great well that's boring sorry that I almost had too much fun sorry exactly. sorry that I annoyed and, you
2: with my fun <laughs> and that's
1: that's the tough part is is the all everything with magic
0: is balancing how the world would really change, um, but doing that fun that change in the funnest way. As opposed to we don't want to take the magic existing to which the logical extreme to the point where it's like, yeah, everything has a, a lock safe on it. That's magically.
1: Uh, right. Because then it's just like, well, then magic is useless now because yeah. everybody has countermeasures on everything. Like Everybody has uh, shield enchanted armor. So the magic missile is ineffective. Right. Like, and then your world just looks kind of like ours and it's boring. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: and so I think that's where people have to be careful
0: with magic and and allow the level of you know yeah, there's people flying overhead with broomsticks and there's cool you know there's a little tiny dragon who's uh, uh lighting up a forge with his fire breath and and you know someone's carrying something with their mage hand and all that stuff is fun and quirky and interesting and makes the world flavorful and and, and fun but like you almost want to pump the brakes there because the more you look at it, it's like okay. Everything starts breaking down, and the logic of magic just makes the game sad and normal and boring again.
1: (laughs) Pop your brakes, kid. Thank you for listening to Vox Arcana episode 43. I'm William. I'm Jake. And I'm David. Don't forget to rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, you can follow us on any social media platform of your choice at Voxer Canada podcast and make sure to rate, comment, subscribe on your favorite podcast service. We'll see you next time.